0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits
1: the Jets. And he's going to go! Just win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce has got it Allen tripped up He could not get past Jermaine Johnson Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall He's done it again Brees Lightning 62 yards for the touchdown And he's sacked again by Queenie Williams What a beast Number 95 for the Jets
0: Listen, thank you This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At jet one And it is time for the Jets-Eagles post-game report The Jets with a shocking upset over the Philadelphia Eagles, 20 to 14 at MetLife Stadium to get to three and three. They're 500 at the bye, just like we all said they were going to be before the season started. Right, Andy? Of course, the Andy I'm talking about is my buddy Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for NJ.com. I think a lot of people believe three and three was a realistic possibility. They didn't think it was gonna happen with Zach Wilson, and they didn't think it was going to happen this way, beating both the Bills and the Eagles.
1: Yeah, this team is hard to pin down. <laughs> That'd be the best <laughs> thing I could say. Uh but I have to say you can't you can't find a team that has played a more exciting six games to start the season. I know the, the Cowboys game was a bit of a, a dud and the Patriots game it may it may have been hard to watch, but it, they were right there at the end. Uh, but, you know, in terms of everybody's been like, oh, no, you got the Jets on primetime. I mean, the Jets have been really fun to watch, really interesting to watch. Every game, even the Cowboys game, has had some intrigue in the second half, and, and obviously you can't get a more compelling game than than the two wins the Jets have over the, the Super Bowl contenders and the Bills. and And obviously the team that went to the super bowl last year the the eagles and and also they played pretty well against the team that won the super bowl and and had a chance to win that game as well so this team is fascinating uh nothing is going to be easy or boring um the, they're entertaining and that is a lot more than you can say for jets teams of the past and and yeah 3 and 3 i mean i thought that would have been good even with rodgers uh, when you looked at this schedule at the start of the season and all the things that they were working in with with a new offense and and a new quarterback and a, and new pieces on the offensive line, I, I thought it would have been hard to get to three and three. And as long as they could kind of stay in touch at, at two and four, they'd be fine. I mean, for them to be three and three after everything that's happened, it's it's remarkable. It's a credit to the coaches, um, even if they haven't been perfect at times. It's a credit to the defense uh, and offense for doing enough on days like today, even though it wasn't pretty, you know, they did more than they've been doing in years past. So uh, yeah, it's it's cool for Jets fans. and, And now you get 13 days to enjoy a win and being at 500 under the most improbable of circumstances. And oh yeah, you beat the Eagles for the first time in franchise history. So Not too bad to be a Jets fan right now.
0: It's one thing that I think because of all the excitement everybody forgot, the Jets finally broke that streak. The Eagles with their first loss ever to the New York Jets. And by the way, to your point, Andy, as far as the three and three, the Jets had to face four of the top six teams in the NFL, according to Vegas, before the season started, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Eagles, and you had to figure that even winning one of those three would be pretty good, which is essentially what you would have figured would be the case if the Jets were to get to 3-3, three and three. but no, they beat two of them, the hiccup, of course, the unexpected loss at home to the New England Patriots. But the Jets' defense has done a tremendous job this year against some of the best quarterbacks in the league. In the six games they've played, five of them, they've made the opposing quarterback look pretty bad. Now, to be fair, Mac Jones is pretty bad, and Russell Wilson started off pretty good, but he's sort of come back down to earth and a little bit closer to where he was last year with the Broncos. But still, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, all the Pretty bad against this New York Jets defense And Andy it's been a familiar pattern What happens is the Jets defense Early on has a lot of trouble Against the Bills they were down by 10 At the half against the Kansas City Chiefs At one point down 17 nothing against the philadelphia eagles down at 1.14 to 3 the eagles on their opening drive took up a ton of clock marched down the field got a questionable touchdown by the way i still am not sure how you overturned that call jalen hurts it looked like from the video replay there was no convincing evidence that would have made you overturn the call which on the field was that he was stopped short of the goal line either way they did end up calling it a touchdown the jets defense struggling early and again If you look at what they had to work with in this game, they were not even close to full strength. Forget about not having DJ Reed who didn't play last week. They didn't have DJ Reed in this game and they didn't have sauce Gardner and they didn't have the primary backup for either of those two guys in Brandon Echols. So you're looking at Bryce Hall starting again, Craig James and Tay Hayes, who was called up off the practice squad. You're talking about guys that were third string cornerbacks going up against AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, and the rest of that Eagles offense. Now, To be fair, A.J. Brown put on a show as he has pretty much every single game this season. But the Jet defense showed up and showed up big time. Jermaine Johnson, who had an excellent game against the Denver Broncos when people were starting to ask questions about him because of his pressure rate being low, He built on that performance, having another excellent game today, including forcing two turnovers. One became a Bryce Hall interception. The other was when he punched a ball out and it went up in the air to Quinn and Williams, who had an interception. First interception of his career, by the way, on a screen pass attempt by Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts was not very good today. Yes, he extended some plays with his legs. He was able to get some first downs. And as we said, A.J. Brown did very well, but he turned the ball over three times in this game. There was, of course, a fumble that was picked up by Quincy Williams, but in addition to that, three interceptions by Jalen Hurts. On the screen pass that I talked about that was forced by Jermaine Johnson, on an interception that was forced by Jermaine Johnson's pressure that went to Bryce Hall... And what ended up being the interception that led to the Jets game winning touchdown A run play to Brees Hall, we'll get to that in a little bit That play looked like it may have ended up blowing up in the Jets face When you looked at how much time was left on the clock But as I said we will get to the Jets offense, Zach Wilson, Brees Hall and all of that in a second This Jets defense, they bent early, the Eagles got those 14 points But then they didn't get any points the rest of the way And they had their opportunities, including a missed field goal, but Jalen Hurts forced into a bunch of ugly turnovers, and the Jet defense once again carrying the Jets almost single-handedly to a victory here today. Time and time again, they gave the Jet offense opportunities, opportunities they didn't cash in on, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But before we do that, I don't think you can say enough about what the Jet defense did here today, especially without their top three cornerbacks against one of the best pass-catching groups in the NFL and a quarterback who is easily top ten and somewhere in that top five to six conversation in all likelihood. I said before this game that Jeff Ulbrich was going to have his hands full. He delivered again. So did this unit. You have to give credit to Aaron White Cotton, the Jets' defensive line coach, for continuing to get the most out of his defensive line group. They got a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. Tony Odin, the defensive backs coach, who did a wonderful job here with the Jets' defensive backs in spite of missing his three top cornerbacks. The only real negative you can say other than the two early touchdowns was some of the tackling was very ugly. They cleaned that up later on. C.J. Mosley had some trouble, as did Bryce Hall. And also, somebody has got to tell Jordan Whitehead that he's only 180 pounds and he can't just sort of lollygag on these tackles. He's really got to commit to them if he's going to bring down these bigger guys. But a masterful performance here by the Jets' defense in spite of all of those injuries. Can't say enough about it.
1: It's really hard to overstate how good the defense was. And yes, understandably, uh, they gave up some some points early in the game. And I think part of that was just the, they're trying to figure out what they have out there. You're you're playing guys, big snaps who were elevated from the practice squad on Saturday and the Eagles are testing them. And I, you know, especially that first drive, I thought they, the defense did what it needed to do. And that was a really strange sequence there. Why was that play being looked at to that um, level, especially Since it was ruled short, it it's Mm -hmm. not a scoring play at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just confused. As I was confused by a couple things. Another thing that happened later in the game when the Jets were had a free play after drawing the offsides, and then Lazard is called for a blindside block. Why? How? How does the the free play get nullified? That wasn't really clearly explained. But anyway, uh, that that just came to mind for me. But um, you know, I thought the defense really even. Uh, even though they gave up those early points, they they stood up pretty well. And I mean, when you talk about quarterbacks, and I know we'll get into what Sala said after the game later, but he he said basically, I'll just read the quote right now. I thought the defense, per the usual, was outstanding. Through these first six weeks, we've played a gauntlet of quarterbacks, and I know we haven't gotten all wins, but we've embarrassed all of them. <laughs> and I'm just really, really proud of the defense is its resolve. And, you know, I looked into that claim because, you know, Salah sometimes says some over the top stuff and I enjoy calling him out on it, or is, maybe enjoy isn't the right word, but it is my job to, to kind of hold him to account. So uh, I went back and checked and and Jalen hurts had a 28, 45, two eighty, a touchdown, three interceptions. His passer rating was 59 and a half. It was hurts. First three interception game since November of 2021. Uh, when he threw three picks at the same stadium against the Giants and his lowest QB rating since October of 2021 when he lost a primetime game to the Bucks. So right there, that tells you this is not something that happens. Dylan hurts a lot. Uh, Now let's go to Patrick Mahomes. He had the two picks and a 63.6 quarterback rating, Uh, the fourth lowest rating of his career, first time he was held under a 75 rating since 2021. And Josh Allen uh, out of the big three, the the guys who were top in the MVP voting last year, um, he had three interceptions and one touchdown finished with a 62.7 uh, QB rating in week one. Since the start of the 2022 season, Allen has finished, finished with a rating of lower than 65 just two times. Once was on September 11th against the Jets, and the other time was last November when the Jets beat the Bills at MetLife Stadium. So, I mean, it holds up. You could say Dak had a good game against the Jets. You could say Wilson had some nice moments. But, I mean, you're talking about the three best quarterbacks in the game, arguably. The guys who were the best last year and the Jets' defense handled them. And they handled the guy today without uh, being at full strength. That Eagles offense, you know, it was a big deal for them to lose their right tackle early in the game, uh, Lane Johnson. But they're still basically playing at 100%. You still got... You know, Devontae Smith and, and A.J. Brown out there. Um, and I just think maybe the Eagles, you know, first of all, you got to credit the Jets' game plan. It was awesome. But I also think the Eagles maybe overthought it, maybe overplayed the pass. I mean, they led most of this game, and they still threw the ball so many times. Um, and it didn't feel like – as someone who watched a lot of Eagles football last year in the playoffs, I covered them, you know, the the, the run to the Super Bowl – and at the Super Bowl, uh, that wasn't how they won games last year. If they were ahead, they they ran the the ball into the ground. So, um, it was just interesting. The whole thing was interesting, and I think that's what the Jets defense does. It puts pressure on opposing teams. It puts pressure on opposing quarterbacks, um, and it forces them into making mistakes. And and you know, I know the offense did not have by any means a good you know game today one that would get you excited but also when you look back to what the offense was doing a year ago against a defense of this caliber even a short-handed handed defense of this caliber they're not moving the ball like they did on sunday against the eagles and that was a big deal the fact that they were moving the ball gave the defense you know more time to rest it kept things more positive and they kept scoring points i mean you don't want to put it all on Greg Zerline, but at least they're moving the ball and scoring points. It allows you to have a chance in these games, and uh, that's that was the difference today. And and you know it's it's a remarkable way to win a game. It's not a way you can rely on to win a game every time. They have to get better at, at, in the red zone, but they also are going to play teams that aren't this good. So, I mean, I think everything's on the table for the Jets at this point. Um, in terms of the postseason and and what the possibilities are, because they've proven they can play with anybody in the league. But I do think there's also a lot of stuff that needs to get cleaned up uh, offensively. But yeah, their defense is that good, and and it's not just about Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. We we learned that today. That's for damn sure. Play
0: like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, two things. The first is, I agree with Salah for the most part. Five out of the six games, you could make a credible case that the Jets embarrassed the opposing quarterback. That was not the case with Dak Prescott, who actually played very well against the Jets. So that's the one where I would take exception with what Robert Salah said. But still, five out of six is pretty good, especially when three of those six are three of arguably the six best quarterbacks in the entire league. The other thing is I forgot to praise Bryce Huff, who had a fantastic game, 27 pass rush reps. This comes from your buddy Zach Rosenblatt over at The Athletic. In those 27 pass rush reps, seven pressures, two quarterback hits, and one and a half sacks. He is having a phenomenal year Finally putting it all together And as far as I'm concerned if I was the Jets I'd be trying to work with him and his Agent right now to get him extended Before the offseason when he hits The open market and probably gets a Very expensive contract which he will Deserve let's talk offense Now Zach Wilson I Didn't think he was bad I didn't think He was good I thought he was okay Which continues along the line of Progress now people look at his box score And we've talked about this before 19 of 33, 186 yards, nothing super special there, but quite a few drops in there. And on top of that, Wilson kept getting put into bad situations because of penalties that dropped him back. Very sloppy from the Jets, especially on the offensive side of the ball when it came to the penalties and such. Wilson and the offense moved the ball, and they did it all throughout the game. However, the big problem, and this has been a problem even going back to last year, even when Mike White was the quarterback, if you remember that Minnesota Vikings game, they had a ton of trouble in the red zone. The Jets can move the ball down the field, but once they get into the red zone or relatively close, they have to continuously settle for field goals. The Jet defense handed them the ball four times off of turnovers, and the only time they got a touchdown was that last time with Brees Hall at the very end of the game, and that's because the Eagles let him score so they would have a chance again the jet offense got gifted that opportunity because at the very end of the game the eagles were trying to get that last first down to put the game away so the jets couldn't stop the clock anymore they threw the ball on third down instead of running it and ticking the clock down to probably about a minute on that throw tony adams picked off jalen Hurts. Brought it all the way back to the 8, and then on the next play, as I said, Brees Hall went in for the touchdown. The Eagles let him score so they would have an opportunity to get the ball back and try to score. But beyond that, the Jet offense just wasn't able to cash in on those turnovers to any great degree. And I thought watching this... It was going to haunt the Jets because, Andy, the Jets could only get so many opportunities that they didn't cash in on before you started to think to yourself, this just isn't going to happen. This just isn't going to happen. But in the end, this wound up being like the Buffalo Bills game, except instead of a heroic overtime punt return touchdown by Xavier Gibson, it ended up being the interception by Tony Adams and the touchdown run. Brees Hall so let's talk about Brees Hall by the way running the ball not super effective 12 carries 39 yards 3.2 yards per carry but made some real plays in the passing game five catches for 54 yards Garrett Wilson eight catches 90 yards had a really good day tough day for Alan Lazard he got called for what I thought was a bogus penalty that didn't really look like a blindside block to me Andy and as you said why would that nullify a free play? That was a play that was an offside. The Jets had a free play. Why would anything that happened there nullify that free play? Nobody's explained that to me just as nobody explained it to you. Dalvin Cook fewer touches in this game one catch for two yards three carries for 12 yards the less we see of him the better as far as I'm concerned and I know that Randall Cobb did catch the two point conversion but for the most part he's a waste of space out there I'd like to see the Jets do something else at wide receiver maybe give Gibson more of a look out there I know he came out of this one because he was banged up he was banged up coming into the game Maybe do something with Hardman until they eventually move him. But Randall Cobb is really just doing them no good out there. So Zach Wilson, as we said, him in the offense, moving the ball down the field throughout the game. But that red zone offense, the offense deep in the territory of the opposing team has to be fixed. They have got to be able to score more touchdowns and not keep settling for field goals. They were able to get away with it today. They were able to get away with it for the most part against the Buffalo Bills. But that is not something that's going to be sustainable against the better teams in the NFL down the stretch of the season. I know they've got three on paper winnable games coming up against the Giants, at home against the Chargers, and then on the road against the Raiders. But if they want to win those games and obviously beat teams that are in the upper echelon on a regular basis or have a chance to compete against them like they have against the Bills and the Eagles, they're not going to be able to rely on ...on the field goals and forcing four or five turnovers every game. They're going to have to put the ball in the end zone, especially when they do get those turnovers. That didn't happen today. They got away with it. They're not going to continue to get away with it on a regular basis. But as we said on the bright side, Zach Wilson continuing to show that he can take care of the ball... Continuing to show that he's better than he was at this time last year Brees Hall not making it happen so much with the running game But finding ways to make it happen in the passing game And Garrett Wilson getting back to being Garrett Wilson Should also mention, Andy, the offensive line struggled a lot in the second half Joe Tittman came out at one point with a thigh injury Which I'll let you get into later because Robert Sala talked about it the offensive line injuries could really hurt the Jets going forward. You have to hope that they find a way to patch this together over the bye week because Max Mitchell really got run over in the second half. And you have to figure that not having Elijah Vera Tucker and not having Joe Titman for a while could really be a detriment to this team, especially knowing that Zach Wilson needs clean pockets to be able to succeed. But that's a discussion we can have for another day. For now, the Jets escaped this one with a victory, and they got just enough. And by just enough, I mean that one last touchdown off the turnover to make it happen today.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the offensive line issues are you know, directly related, I think, to the injuries. And you see Brees Hall and his you know, inability to get things going in the run game today. It's not because Brees Hall got slower than he was a week ago. It's just, first of all, the Eagles are really good run defense. And second of all, um, there's just wasn't much there with once Tipman uh, went out of the game. And, you know, I'll just say what Salah said right now. We don't know a ton about his injury. I saw Tipman in in the locker room afterwards, moving around. Okay. But he also looked bummed out and Salah said it might be a while. So, um, it could be you know it's just it's a thigh injury could end up being a, a somewhat serious you know strain I mean the, when Salah says it could be a while you got to think the guy's going on IR so um you know I don't know what that would look like in terms of he he'd miss at least the next three games because the Jets have the bye. um if that's what happens who knows you know as we all know Salah has not been a reliable source of Injury information when it comes to timetables lately, uh, some of that being, I'm sure, of his own doing, and some of that being just happenstance of the way some of these injuries develop. So, um, it's it's kind of hard to take anything that man says about injuries right now, <laughs> at you know, with with any sort of seriousness. As you know, anyone who's paying attention to this Jets team understands why I'm saying that. So, um, we'll see what it, that is, but I think that's a serious factor. And I mean, of course, when you lose uh vera tucker who's probably overall your, your best most versatile obviously your most versatile and probably overall the best offensive lineman i think tipman there's a pretty strong argument that he's playing at the highest level uh of the guys the jets had left and and to lose him is a big deal too so they can obviously work around it as they did today and i think with the offense i would still be more encouraged than not because first of all they're not in a situation like they were last year, where they're throwing out completely guys who are completely overmatched. Um, you know, Mitchell I know has not looked good at times. He's still better than running out, you know, like a Connor McDermott uh, out there or you know Cedric Abouki. I think I know I said that wrong, but you're just gonna have to forgive me. Uh, it's late and my brain is fried, but you know th- these guys are better. You know, Schweitzer is is a pretty solid back up inside, you know, offensive lineman Mitchell had some nice moments last year, even though it's been rough in the past game for him. He is a, a solid run blocker still. Um, there, there's some, you know, strengths to these guys that they're bringing in there. I, I'm not going to, if I'm a Jets, I wouldn't count on anything from Dwayne Brown, but but that's also some sort of potential. I certainly wouldn't be moving Makai becton back over to the right, but the, the, there there's some potential maybe you can, you know, throw Dwayne Brown out there, there, and he can be better than Mitchell is. But I think they're going to have to game plan and you know call plays, you know, make adjustments at the line of scrimmage to to counteract what what is a, a weakness, and it's probably going to be a weakness for at least the next several weeks, for as long as Tippins out in, in the offensive line, and it's just bad break for a team that um, has. Obviously endured a bunch of bad breaks, but they've also shown that they're pretty resilient too. So um, and that's why I'd be you know optimistic about the offense when you when you look back to where Zach Wilson was a year ago. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that Zach Wilson is the answer, but I am here to tell you that they can get it done with him in terms of being a, a, a playoff team. They can get there because you know he's already shown from last year when they couldn't move the ball anywhere that he he's making better decisions and he's finding opportunities. It wasn't perfect. I think today was actually maybe a little bit worse than the game looked on paper. I thought, you know, as good as Zach Wilson has been with his short throw accuracy this year, which has been a huge improvement over last year. It was not as good today. Either there were several, you know, easy throws that I think he missed by, by a fair margin and now not missing them in the way he was last year where he completely missed the guy, but like, Garrett Wilson had a 15-yard gain on on a really high throw that he made a nice catch on. It would have probably been a 30 to 40 or longer yard gain if Zach Wilson just delivers the ball through him in stride. And there was there was a bunch of kind of throws and plays like that today. But still, like the fact that they're moving the ball, the fact that he's going to the right place, the fact that he's making multiple reads, not saying he's the best quarterback in the world, but he's showing he can be what the Jets need, which is a, a average quarterback to, to win games. That's what they need. So I'd be optimistic about the Jets' offense overall doing enough to, to get the Jets to where they need to be. But, yes, it, it's they've got to clean it up in the red zone, and they think they're close, but they've got to make the plays. And, you know, they're they're, what, one for eight now in the last two games or one for nine? Um, when, and they were one for four today and, and like you said it was one play That the Eagles probably let them score on So uh, it's got to be better than that But today it was good enough to get the win and, and that's really all that matters
0: Andy take us inside the locker room Update us on injuries And let us know about a certain gentleman Who was on the sideline today Before the game throwing some passes around
1: Yeah we'll start with that Aaron Rodgers uh, He was at MetLife Stadium He was walking around Without crutches, didn't really have much of a limp, and he threw on the field. There was two sessions. The first one was like a five-minute session. He was throwing to Sauce Gardner, believe it or not, uh, who was ruled out on Saturday with a concussion. We um, also saw Sauce in the locker room. He seems to be okay. Uh, so I'm sh- hope the hope will obviously be to get him back after the bye. But yeah, Rodgers, He ended up throwing about, I would say, uh, they were like 15 to 17 yard passes. It wasn't just like a couple throws. It wasn't like one throw that we saw off of one leg last week or two weeks ago against the Chiefs. It was he just was out there throwing for like five minutes and planting on that front on that front foot, like not planting but stepping into it on that front foot, and uh, you know pushing off on the back foot and the front foot. His left foot is the one where he tore the Achilles. So, do I know what that means? I mean, it means that thirty-four days after suffering a torn Achilles and, and 32 days after, uh, having surgery to repair it, Aaron Rodgers can put weight on his front foot and, and throw a football. I don't think he can move around at all. Uh, I don't know what it means in terms of re-injury and you know, we're kind of in, in, um, you know, uncharted territory here, but the jets will have, there'll be a bunch of, you know, decisions that they have to make on, on whether it's best for the team. If Rodgers, you know, can get back before the end of the season, I mean, seeing what you saw today, you have to kind of think it's a possibility, I guess. Although it's still, it's really hard to kind of process. But yeah, they'll have to to figure out, you know, what is the risk of another injury and what it would mean for the rest of Rodgers' career and, and their investment in it moving forward. What would it mean to the team to replace the guy who got them into playoff contention with, yes, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but, but one of them who may be, playing on one leg. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure many Jets fans would be happy to cross that bridge when you get to it, but there will be real questions and real things if, if it gets that far. And, and of course, the Jets have to stay in contention for it to get that far because Rodgers has already said uh, that that would be the only way he comes back. So, again, I don't see how exactly that will work if it happens. And, and you know, there will be a, a lot of risks in terms of, in all sorts of ways, but it's certainly interesting. He certainly backed up everything he said on that Friday after the surgery. You know, five days after the injury, that he was going to prove the doubters wrong, and you know, still, still, you know, what, eleven games left in the season, so maybe we'll see him again. Who knows? I, I mean, it's too much to process right now, but yeah, that was a cool thing to see. And you know, he was standing on the sideline also for most of the game, and and he didn't get run over, so that's also. A plus for everyone for everyone involved. Um you know, the vibe in the locker room was obviously excited. I think a little bit defiant with nobody giving the Jets a chance after, you know, losing DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner for this game. Um Tony Adams was was obviously excited about his game changing play. Um, you know, Brees Hall. I think he was a little disappointed with the game the way the game went. but, but one of the things he was asked about is if there was any thought, you know, that the Eagles might let them him score there. And he didn't seem to, to give him that much thought. He said, I was, you know, just trying to score anyway. Um, and I think they would have given it up anyway. I, I don't think maybe he didn't want to answer the question or process it the way that it was asked, but, but basically it didn't seem like at any point he was considering or coached to, to go down short of the end zone um, yeah I understand it probably would have been the right play there. I mean it definitely would have been the right play in terms of game management, but also um yeah it like it didn't end up the Eagles were, were in a tough position but we saw just last year what could happen when a team scores when it when it shouldn't. So um I think from an emotional standpoint, the Jets were so happy to get in the end zone that it kind of wipes out. Excuse me. It kind of wipes out the um tactical thing about the the right choice wasn't made there. They're they're probably gonna get a pass on that one. But when they look over it tomorrow, or they, they may have given themselves a mental pass on that tonight, but when they look over it tomorrow, uh, I think they, they maybe should have handled it correctly, if I'm remembering the situation correctly. So um the other things, you know, that were brought up after the game, Robert Solid talked about his, his comment. Um he talked about Aaron Rodgers also and called him a freakazoid and said that he stood the whole game. I don't think he stood the entire game, but he stood the vast majority of the game. So, I mean, again, it's pretty amazing. Um, so, sh- so shortly after Achilles surgery, um, he, he's very, you know, high on the defense and spoke repeatedly about the guys that they had in the game that, that nobody had ever heard of. Uh, they're all starting caliber players in their minds and, and, You know you can't you can't take it away from them the opportunity to go out there and and do what they did. So uh, another thing Sala was asked about was Sauce Gardner's concussion and and when he suffered the injury. Obviously Gardner practiced on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, sat out on Friday, and Robert Sala said it was you know walked by us and said he wasn't feeling well, but he'll be fine. Uh, And then he was ruled out yesterday with a concussion. Sala said that. They sent him home on Friday because he wasn't feeling well. And then on Saturday, he said he was still having, um, you know, head pain or whatever. So they ran through all the the protocols and uh, then diagnosed him, realized he had a concussion. So that, the, the question that was asked was when did he suffer the, the injury? That was not answered. Still unclear when exactly that happened, but it looks like sometime in practice this week. So, um, but again, now the Jets have an extra week. We'll have to see what that all looks like, but you, you would think DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner would be back when they play the Giants two Sundays from now. Um, and then, yeah, it was just overall a, a pretty exuberant locker room.
0: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks for joining me for the Jets-Eagles postgame report. The Jets getting a big victory here 20-14 in an upset over The Eagles at MetLife Stadium And now they go into the bye week 3-3. Three and three. Make sure you check out everything that Andy's doing over at nj.com And follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. Check out everything we're doing At playlikeajet.com and the PlaylikeJet YouTube channel. We've got some Awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel So watch those videos and subscribe If you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlaylikeJet. Visit our store tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt, the Play Like Jet logo shirt Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there tpublic.com. That's TeePublic.com, that's E And be sure to give us a 5 star review For the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets Podcasts and content, you know where to go That's Play Like Jet Digital at PlayLikeJet.com.